Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fifth and final installment of the Rake Tech Report. This is a report brought to you by our friends and supporters at Compliance Ease. My name is Jacob Gaffney. I'm the editor-in-chief of Housing Wire. I have a very exciting show for you today. I have joined with me Brian Fitzpatrick, the CEO of Loan Logics. How are you, Brian? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, you know, we've in earlier reports, we've talked about the importance of reg tech, you know, simply by defining it. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do in your role at CEO and how reg tech kind of impacts your day to day, please. Sure. As uh, chief executive officer of Loan Logics, uh, I really oversee the uh, strategy and direction of the firm to ensure that all of our uh, products are meeting the goals of our customers to make sure that uh, I manage well the culture of the organization so that uh, our employees are happy and uh, serving our customers well towards our vision of automating the industry reg tech. And really what that means is we are the red light, green light of the mortgage industry uh, relative to solving all the complex issues related to producing quality loans throughout the process. Excellent, excellent. And how long have you been talking about <laughs> the digital mortgage? Well, you know, it's funny. The, uh, the digital mortgage seems to have been, uh, has been, been talked about really over the last few years, you know, four or five years. But, but when you look at it from the back-end perspective, the e-closing, if you will, dig digital mortgage has been talked about since I've been in this industry. So um, that's been a long time now, over 20 years. Wow. Uh, and and I, that's, the, that's the challenge, I think, is that they've been, there's been a lot of talk about it, but not much happening around it. Well, what, and what, why hasn't it come to fruition yet? I mean, I agree with you. It's, uh, there's, there's a couple of topics in, this, in our mortgage finance industry that, uh, despite going to conference after conference and panel after panel, the subject never really seems to change in terms of its forward outlooking. Uh, kind of perspective. And the reason why we're having you on the show last is we wanted to get that forward look and, you know, hopefully you can give us a little bit of uh, something to look forward to. But let's start by that. Why hasn't an end-to-end -end digital mortgage come to fruition yet? Well, first of all, the, everybody's focused on what I call the bookends, you know, the front end and the back end of the digital mortgage. And there's companies doing great things. So my comments about this not coming to fruition is no insult on some of these great companies, but it's really talks about the lack of full automation end to end from a true automation and regulatory uh, technology perspective. So I call the bookends the fintech companies, you know, great companies that are creating great front end experience. And also there's now these back end companies working on the e-mortgage or the e-closing documents. But, but what's been created is what I call the digital divide. That's the true process in the middle, and it's the most complicated part of the process. You know, a borrower really doesn't care how good you look on the front and how few documents you have to sign on the back if the middle of the experience was an absolute nightmare. And, uh, you know, I, I, I often talk about this at conferences, and I always show a picture of a duck. And the <laughs> top of the duck looks very, very serene. <laughs> Under the water, that poor duck is paddling like crazy just to keep up. And that's really a good analogy of what's going on in the back office that's creating a lot of friction 
uh, for the actual lender and the borrower and why we're not realizing the true promise of a, of a digital mortgage. And that's interesting that you say that because, you know, focusing on the front end is obviously making it digital. We want it to be more home buyer friendly. We want it to be more approachable and have them able to kind of, um, you know, look at their options online and search and that sort of thing. And on the back end, of course, there's the title clearing and that's kind of the meat and potatoes for the investors on that side who need to have all their I's dotted and their T's crossed. So it's a, uh, it's funny that you, now that you say it, it seems obvious that that whole middle section is is kind of left uh, with with a little bit of less love, and uh, in many ways that's where it's really really important. And would you say that that middle part is where the origination process still desperately needs to to have more automation added into it? Absolutely, that's absolutely the key, and uh, the, the reason why I don't think it, anybody's really done anything about it is because it's really really hard. Uh, to get right, but there is a path forward on it, but that is the most critical part, that origination process. Okay, and so what, So let's get a bit more specific about um, the parts of the origination process. Do you see RegTech playing a role in either you know, eliminating spreadsheets or any of those other kind of uh, onerous data forms that humans often can kind of you know, get tired of when they're going through and making uh, errors, uh, and do you see that RegTech has a role in making the the larger digital mortgage reality? Yeah, n not only does it play a role, it is the answer, and and you know okay. this is where the biggest efficiency gains can be made. Uh, this is where you have to start with getting the data right. The biggest problem in this industry, this is nothing new, has been about bad data has been about lack of uh, data quality, which creates the inability to create automation in the downstream. It's like, like the integration standards. If you put garbage in a, in a data integration, you're gonna get garbage out, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing happens with automation. So it requires that you verify and validate data from the very beginning. Now the industry's talking about all these great things about you know, getting data from the source. And, and that's wonderful. That's part of the solution. But that data is, is not solving the whole challenge. You've still got to get data out of documents. And what ends up happening is people get micro-focused on one document or one piece of information, and they forget to validate and verify that information across multiple sources. So what, what ends up happening is a whole bunch of work gets done off of bad data, and that work then carries through even outside of the loan origination system. I can't tell you how many spreadsheets we come across that, you know, the lender is calculating income with an income spreadsheet outside of the loan origination system. Now, here's the problem. If they got the data wrong that's going into that spreadsheet, then the data that's going to come out of that spreadsheet and get entered into the loan origination system is going to create bad results. Mm -hmm. Not only does it create bad results, but now you have a complete lack of transparency of what data was used and how it was used in the process. Nobody can see it because yeah. it was done outside the LOS. So the LOS always talks about being the single source of truth, which they're not. They are the system of record, and I will give them that. But they are not the single source of truth until you can actually get to the validated and verified information and then use that 
to automate primarily the entire underwriting process in the middle. And that's where everything gets hung up in the underwriting process. So that's very, very key. And RegTech is going to play a big role in automating business processes, automating rules through uh, rules engines, and then also using artificial intelligence and robotic process automation. A lot of people talk about those words. Let me tell you something. Those words are meaningless unless you are getting the data that is powering them correct. An RPA or robotic process automation or AI means nothing if the data is not validated, verified, and utilized to its greatest extent to get to the true representation of the truth and automate those processes. That's RegTech, not FinTech. So you, so you see RegTech as being able to usher the, this huge demand for data into you know, the mortgage industry. When you describe the spreadsheets and you describe all the information that gets uh, picked up and processed and unified and, and put together into a single mortgage document and you multiply that times how much, you know, you, you, just, you, you just created a huge picture, Brian, of just a great demand for data. I mean, it sounds like the mortgage industry is just going to be front and center with being able to deal with this, these, these huge amounts of data, whether it's through AI or whether it's through, you know, bots, whether it's through any of these different types of ways in which we can, we can ascertain this information, but there's gotta be some huge challenges in managing this. What are you seeing? What sort of, what are the biggest challenges, for example, you see in managing the data? Well, you, you've actually picked up on a key, key issue for this because regulatory or reg tech models are data hungry. It's very, very important that we get to the right data. Now, let's think about this as a challenge. The challenge today is that the loan origination systems have a room for borrower name. They have room for uh, the value of the property, of the subject property, okay? They don't have multiple rooms for those things. So which means there's only one spot in the core system to get it right, okay? What RegTech really is about is showing borrower name and different points, and that's just one example. Let's say social security number. Let's say borrower income. And showing where all of that data came from and matching it up against the different sources that it came from. Because there's something that happens in, in creating data integrity uh, and, and the lack of data integrity comes from all these different documents and all these different data sources that come up front. But again, there's only one place to put that. And there's, there's not enough places to actually verify side by side electronically where all these different data points uh, differ. Okay, so you get what we call data contamination in the process. As the process continues, more and more data sources that start conflicting with the information the borrower's providing starts to come out. And they're not trying to trick anybody, it's just a very complex process. And maybe they are trying to trick somebody, you know, in fraud. This is why it's so important that we, we take all this information from documents, not just the data from day one certainty and some of that, that um, data from the source, but we have to take this data out of documents we have to be able to show the people that are, that are using this data how to validate it and verify it against multiple sources uh, and then move that forward into the rules engine once it's been validated and verified and purified. 
So the answer for RegTech in, in how to get the data is don't rely on a data model that just can represent it in one place. You have to see all these different representations and how they differ and give you an automated means to validate and verify that information quickly. That's the key to powering data-hungry reg tech models. Otherwise, you can't provide enough data into these systems, and that's the second problem. If you look at the complexity of guidelines, let's take Fannie Mae, 1,200 pages of their underwriting guidelines, 600 pages that has to do with income only. All the different information you need to power that, if you were to automate that, I can tell you the loan origination systems don't have room for all that data. Mm -hmm. So it, it's going to take a different data model, a more canonical or all-encompassing data model to validate and verify all of this information. That's the key to powering true reg tech automation in the future. So, that, so just so I'm following you correctly, um, that this information, the way you described using uh, you know, some, some pretty scary things, talking about data contamination, the lack of validation that, that comes up with it, you know, um, it sounds like, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you could actually use reg tech, that you could actually use reg tech to ensure the quality of the data and that that kind of addresses, if so, that would kind of address those contamination issues, it sounds like, and somehow make loan quality, the entire management process more efficient, that middle, that sweet middle spot? I mean, um, am I completely off base or, or do you think that reg tech? Can no, be... that's reg tech. Okay. That's well, tell us how, how, how can it do it? I'm, I'm so curious. I want to hear a bit more. Well, how it can do it is uh, let's talk about the amount of data that comes out of uh, a, a loan file or loan documents. You know, mm -hmm. we've grown up in this industry, we've grown up around the application, the uniform residential loan application, or, you know, the 1003, if you will, right? So that's your data. That's the data you're supposed to get to, to go into the, the file. And loan origination systems said, okay, that's the data model. But there's so much more that is used to calculate income, for example, to validate uh, lapses in employment, okay? So there's a whole bunch of information that is required in the actual analysis of that data. So in order to, to get the information necessary to automate the analysis, you have to go above and beyond the traditional data standards of the actual document itself. You know, this is all the information that you're getting to validate and verify that isn't asked necessarily on the 1003, but it's information you need to power. So how do you get it? The same way you get it from the borrower, you ask them and they provide documents to you. That's called the credit file when they give you that information. When they give you bank statements, for example, that's a great example. Is there a place in your, in your 1003 to put all your bank statement information? No, but you need that data. So where do you put that data? Well, you've got to put it somewhere so you can validate it against what they told you. So if they said they had $20,000, which they put on the application that was in their bank statement, you have to be able to have a place to validate it against the actual amount in the bank statement. So there's a great example, you know, but you have to see it side by side and the system has to tell you there's a difference here, time out. So mm -hmm. that's a, just a great example of, of where you've got to be able to get this data, house this data and utilize that data to actually cross validate and automate to validate, verify, to create what I call purified information. The right answer is the purified data that goes into calculating the rest of the uh, uh, the decisioning model that should be automated.
And when you go, I mean, when you move over into the correspondent loan acquisition space, and this is an area that we haven't uh, talked much before um, in an earlier uh, RegTech Report podcast, but now that I have you on the line, I'm, I'm just going to put you in the hot seat. When we go into the correspondent loan acquisition space, then you have a couple of other issues that need to be addressed in terms of scalability. Uh, cost is the big issue now for everyone, um, not just the correspondent loan acquisition space. But let's talk about the potential for RegTech to address those two issues as they, as they face the correspondent loan acquisition space. Well, actually, uh, it's a great example of where I think traditional fintech has failed, okay? Okay. Um, What's happening right now is uh, a lot of correspondent lenders are utilizing loan origination systems to automate what is truly a loan acquisition process. It's not a loan origination process. The loan has already been originated, Okay. Somebody already originated is now selling it to an investor. So now the investor's job is to do a due diligence review or a loan acquisition validation of the actual documents and data and the underwriting that's already been done. It's a trust and verify exercise. So what's happened is because the loan origination systems were not designed to actually interrogate a closed loan, Companies have had to build lots of spreadsheets around the process. We see this all over the country. We see lenders with anywhere from 10 to 45 different spreadsheets in the process that surround the loan origination function because they have to ask all sorts of questions that the loan origination system was not designed to ask. They also have to interrogate a closed loan file, which means about 700 pages of documents, anywhere from 150 to 700 pages on average, that has all of this information that has to be validated and verified. So what people have done, just like they've done on the origination side, is they've outsourced a lot of these activities. And that is a wrong approach. What they really need to be doing is automating first Hmm. and then taking the results of that automation and working exceptions through outsourcing functions. So we believe in automate first, whether it's in the origination process or whether it's in the correspondent process. And that's critical because what we've, what we've been able to do and, and see is we can take those spreadsheets, eliminate them, and automate 85% of the pre-funding due diligence just by taking data out of those documents, cross-referencing them, automating the validation and verification, and then driving the downstream rules that answers the questions that somebody else would otherwise have to stare and compare. That's RegTech. That mm-hmm. brings automation at center. That actually shows in transparency of how the decision was made, what data was used, how it was validated, verified. And that's a very key process right now in correspondent where I think RegTech provides a great example of assuring uh, compliance against guidelines you know, the investor guidelines, as well as compliance itself, which is the types of things that our friends at Compliancies uh, partner with us to integrate to handle that side, the regulatory side um, of the process there. Well, it's, uh, that, that's interesting how, um, how vast the, the, the rake tech applications could be. Uh, you know, I guess around December, 
this year, you wrote a great article for us and we, we posted it here at Housing Wire and uh, you, you wrote a piece and it was called How Mortgage Reg Tech Disrupts the Digital Divide. And, you know, that headline was, was really striking at the time because it kind of uh, said it was going to disrupt, but also indicated that there was a, a, a digital divide that was going to kind of cleave it together as well. And you mentioned that you felt that in that article you wrote um, that RegTech was, frankly, the next wave of significant disruption. Yet you also said RegTech needs to push the envelope even further. So you're kind of creating this picture of RegTech as being kind of not just a, 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 a new issue, and that, and that speaks to the dis- disruption uh, terminology you use, but also a great way to, to, to join people together. And I just think that that's such a, it's, it's, it's very much a housing wire thing to look at ways to unify instead of divide. And the concept that RegTech as a disruptor can unify instead of divide is, is testament to its awesome power. And I just think that I would just love to hear a little bit more about what you meant by how RegTech needs to push the envelope a little further. How do you think it can do that? Absolutely. And your observations of it being a unification force is absolutely right on because we are not trying at Loan Logics to be the next loan origination system, or we're not trying to take out the front end point of sales or even be the back end e closing. What we're trying to do is join those companies together with one single brain, which is a reg tech brain that gets it right. Okay, Mm -hmm. and this is where, you know, you have to have a solution that is focused not just on regulatory compliance, which is where RegTech is today. It's already it's already there, but it's going beyond regulatory compliance and now encompassing investor guidelines. So I think it's important to first expand the definition of RegTech to include investor guidelines. Right. Even though they're not the regulators. Guess what? If you produce a loan that cannot be sold. You have an investor who's not going to buy it, you're losing money. So the way Mm -hmm. we look at it is it first will push the envelope. It's already pushing it by moving into investor guidelines. And where it's going, by the way, is we already see this this happening um, with, uh, you know, non-QM loans being securitized with AAA ratings, right? As we see that grow, that's a $500 billion market right now. That's going to continue to grow over time. We've got to drive reg tech capabilities that will ensure the strength and the quality of those deals so we don't end up back in 2003 and five and creating loans that, you know, don't have any underwriting to them, right? By automating the reg tech process, you know, that gives better transparency and quality as we start looking at the next wave of growth in the PLS market. But more importantly, for, the, for our regular market, for the agency market, what I see is going to happen, and which is the imperative of RegTech, is to take one to one and a half loans per person per day to an underwriter to 20. There's no reason why it sh- we should only be getting one to one and a half loans. And the only way we're going to do that is if we get the data right. Today, the data is not verified and validated in real time. Mm-hmm. Where does that happen? It happens in the back end after the the quality control people are telling you you've already made a mistake. We've got to move quality in line as the loan is being produced by getting verified, validated information real time so defects can 
that can don't proliferate through the process. We stop the defect from happening to begin with. We create consistency, and consistency is lacking today. So, for example, you could have five different underwriters writing the same loan, and they're going to interpret something in the guidelines five different ways. Hmm. You know, that creates a problem. That creates uh, quality problems in the industry, and RegTech needs to take that human error away by standardizing the way that a loan is underwritten through the machine. And then also, if you look at completeness, all right, you know, current tools such as DUNLP, they've done a wonderful thing in automating parts of the process, but at the end of the day, they don't automate the entire underwriting process. It's up to the lender to get it right, to get the data that goes into those engines right and use the output of those engines to then get everything right downstream. So they're not complete, and by focusing you know, completely on the underwriting uh, priority as opposed to just the eligibility, we can then get consistency, we can get transparency, and most important, we can then get to 20 loans per person per day, which is going to make the impact. In 2005, you know, the, if you looked at what the, uh, you know, what, what, what the profits were in a, in a loan, you know, we were looking at one and a quarter, 125 basis points. Now we're looking at zero in the origination process. So, you know, we've come a long way as an industry uh, to actually get less productive and less profitable. And we have to turn that around while still keeping transparency and quality. That's quality. That is the mandate of RegTech and, and what it has to solve in the future. If it doesn't, we failed. And you know, I, I see that mandate that you uh, that you herald in RegTech. I see that mandate is also being one that can be extended to the to the homeowner. You mentioned compliance with non-QM, and you know that's that's a huge market. I mean, you 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 hit on a great point. Now you know you're going to be faced with homeowners who are going to come to you and say, "Look, I need a loan out in California." It's like, well, what do you do? Well, you know, I've got three jobs. Oh, you've got three jobs. What are they? Well, I'm a driver for Uber. I'm a driver for Lyft and I'm a driver for Instacart. And it's just, you know, you're just going to be like, okay, well, how do I, how do I write 20 of those loans per person per day? It's going to, it's going to be in the non-QM market. And the idea that RegTech helps you get ahead of compliance for all that. So you can confidently close those loans when you're dealing with a new level of home buyer. These are not the 2005 home buyers that we're dealing with here. They're the 2020 home buyers. And uh, I think that you did a great point of walking us through how RegTech is going to have such a beneficial uh, part of the process and originations going forward. Absolutely. And, and by the way, the demographics of the United States are changing dramatically as yeah. well, which is very, very important. You know, when, you know, when you look at the, the Latino market, you know, there's, uh, there, there, there's homeowners where household income is multiple people. And we have to be able to deal with that because these are people that will pay their, their mortgage every month. Right. So, you know, as the demographics change, as the millennial comes into the market, as people who can't refi today, uh, because of the strictness of the current guidelines, but they will pay if, you know, if we get the, the, the actual credit policies that can serve them, we're going to see more than just chocolate and vanilla underwriting guidelines, which will drive the reg tech imperative even more important to get it right and automate the process as we start to expand those guidelines to be able to meet the changing demographics, dynamics, 
of all of the borrowers and consumers out there that have traditionally been locked out of the credit market. Wow, that's great. This is this has been a wonderful, wonderful podcast, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We asked Brian Fitzpatrick, the CEO of Loan Logics, what the next wave of significant disruption would be, and he has answered for us and answered for us very, very succinctly. I want to thank you for coming on the show, Brian. Again, my name is Jacob Gaffney. I'm the editor in chief of Housing Wire. This is the Reg Tech Report, a podcast series brought to you by Compliance Ease. Brian, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Jacob. 